Okay, right. we're on. It takes like forever for that first like second to show up. To show up. Uh-huh. I like that there's a countdown though. Me too. Did it show it to you too? The it three, did. two, one? Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so welcome guys to Dizzy for Dizzy. I am Kristen. I'm Ashley. And we're talking about Central Kapama 32 today. Um, 32. And which I liked better-ish than the last uh, three before it, 29, 30, and 31. Mm-hmm. Me it too. It feels like we're getting somewhere. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So Actual before we dive into that. Oh, movement. go ahead. Yeah. So before we dive into that um, – I wanted to say I didn't get a chance to say it last week because of all the stress of having to record twice. And it was a bummer because I was like re-listening to the episode and there was so much stuff we said the first time, like in our first recording, the one we didn't get to use, that didn't really come up. I had a feeling that was going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, also like what can you do, you know? And you don't want to sound like you're – Right. You're like reading off a script. So it's not like I wanted us to say – the exact same stuff. But anyways, all that to be said. Right. Um, I did want to say thank you to um, Sandra because she sent me a belated birthday gift of baklava from this amazing bakery that's actually in San Diego. So you and I could actually go visit it. <laughs> Let's um, go. Oh my gosh. It's so – well, and honestly, it's like flat rate shipping and I'm honestly thinking of ordering another box for myself. It's so do good. It. It's so good. Um, do it. But there's certain stuff they <laughs> – Well, there's certain stuff they don't <laughs> deliver. So it'll be cool to go in person because we can get like the Bordek uh, in person because they don't ship that. I think because it's mm. frozen. Um, but anyways, so it was so delicious. It was the sweetest thing. If you guys watched my Instagram stories, you already saw it. But um, – she r- had it filled out like a personalized card, and it was like "Happy belated birthday, Kristen from Karem Burson," <laughs> which I knew it I wasn't from him. But oh my gosh! <laughs> but when I, <laughs> but still, that initial like shock and confusion when you first open it and see it, like for uh. like a like a tiny like one quarter of a second, I was like, "What the heck?" And then obviously, like my logic kicked in, and I was like, "Okay, this clearly isn't from him." But I love the, like Secret Santa, like from your Secret Santa, but from your Secret Karen Burson. So it's like way better. <laughs> Anyways, all that to be said, oh my the gosh. place is called Baklava King, you guys. And I am going to link their website in the episode notes because it is so good. And like three people have ordered from them already. So Sandra, you're getting them more business because the oh, way I ran to the way I ranted and raved about how delicious it was, people were like, well, where's it from? And I was like, well, let me tell you. Um, so, which is just Good. really cool because I'm sure they can use the business in a pandemic, you know, or just anytime, honestly, but yeah. especially because they're a small business. But um, so I just wanted to make sure I said, thank you so mm-hmm. much. That was the most delicious baklava I've ever had. I tried to make it stretch as long as I could, but also, you know, it's fresh. So you have to eat it kind of soon. I ate everything by, I got it on a, 
Tuesday or a Wednesday and I ate everything by Friday morning. But even the last piece, even like three, four days later, it was still so crispy when I bit into it, but like soft in the middle and like just the right amount of moisture. Oh my gosh. Like it wasn't overly soaked with the with the syrup they make or anything like that. I, I It was like magic. I don't know. It was just so mm-hmm. good. So I wanted to make sure I said thank you and shouted and shouted them out as well because I'm like, everybody needs to order baklava from them. Um, and then we got a couple more gifts in the mail, but I don't yeah. want to talk about them until you see them. Okay. Uh, because okay. – I know. Well, it's, been, it's been a bit – Well, and it's just not as fun. Like I get to open it up and see it and then I usually send you a picture and I'm like, look what we got in the mail. But it's like not the same as you opening it and seeing it. So I was like, I want to wait and like let you actually – steal the the moment (laughs) from me, Kristen. (laughs) I mean, I know you don't probably care that much. But but it's just – I'm like, I always get to open it and be like excited and surprised by what it is and then – Right. I just show you, and you love it, and but it's not I'm the same. I'm the one as- who gets our our smashed, sad box back <laughs> from Turkey, where we tried to send it to the cast. Oh my gosh, you guys! <laughs> I don't think we've talked about this much on the podcast because we just haven't. But I did tweet about yeah. it recently and yesterday, but be- just because we were getting frustrated with the fact that it wasn't getting to them, and then when it finally did get delivered and out of customs. It was refused at the production office for whatever reason. And so then it – and that was back in the beginning of December. We sent it the end of October. It didn't even attempt delivery till the beginning of December. And now – so what? All of December, all of January, almost all of February. So three months after it was like the attempted delivery failed, it finally got sent back to us. And it is like super squashed and smashed. Was everything intact? Did you even open it yet? I haven't even opened it because okay. I the day just got away from me. I was no, working okay. all day. I had meetings all day. And then I cooked dinner immediately. And then I was trying to watch the episode. It was like – and then I <laughs> went to go to bed and it's just there in the corner. And I was like, I'm dealing with this tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. But oh my gosh, you guys. So when I tweeted about this, like so many of you messaged us. So many of you were like, do you want us to tag the – the production company Twitter, like something that we can get their attention. You know, everyone was just so They're sweet, so supportive. Sweet, oh my gosh. Yes, but there was one fan in particular. I don't want to say her name just because I don't want everyone to bombard her, but I do want to acknowledge and appreciate her because she said that we could send the box to her, and so <laughs> like I feel better like getting to repackage everything, assuming it's not all broken. Um to get to repackage everything yeah. and actually send it to a physical human being who will then be able to just take it where it needs to go, mm-hmm. whether it's to the production office, whether it's to set. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm like, we probably just need to spring yeah. to send it via UPS instead of the post office so that it's only UPS handling it because they have UPS over there. Because for sending it the post office, it goes from mm. our post office to whatever their version of the post office is. And clearly it wasn't – right. Uh, there was just too much trouble. So I was like, yeah, we probably just need to – That didn't work. Yes. <laughs> no, it did not work. So anyways, all that to be said, I think we're finally going to get to send them our gifts, you guys. <laughs> um, But yeah. yeah. So anyways. um, And I wanted to say thank you to our daily gift girls. There's a couple of you on Twitter. You know who you are. Who tag the Dizzy for Dizzy account just about every morning in a new <laughs> gift. 
whether it's one you've posted, whether it's one someone else has posted and you're just tagging me in the replies. But it's always a gif of Karim either eating something, his jaw clenching, or a combo of both. And (laughs) I just appreciate your service so much. It's just such a lovely thing to wake up. And I'm like, there's my daily Kiki gif of his jaw totally like locked and clenched or him emotionally or dramatically chewing on something. And it just cracks me up because I'm like, they know us so well. They They know Ashley loves the jaw clench. They know I love the chewing. <laughs> I love the jaw clench. Mm-hmm. I love it. Especially, like, especially when you see so it, like, good. in his cheek. Like, when you see his that indentation happen That's, in his cheek. Yep, you see the muscle, the muscle in his cheek. It's like <laughs> – that's something I've read a million times in books. And to yes. see it in real life Personified. on oh. a a hot man, it's mm-hmm. like, whoo. <laughs> uh-huh. Now you have actually something to picture in your head when that happens in a book. Uh-huh. Well, exactly. I tweeted quite a while ago, but there's a still from maybe episode five. And it's a still of – uh, Sarah Khan in the middle of like walking towards something. But through his polo shirt, you can actually see his pecs and abs. And I was like, oh my God. This gosh. is every romance novel <laughs> brought to life when they're like, and you could see that when you're like, no, you can't. That's not a thing. You can't see the outline of their abs and their pectoral muscles through a shirt. And then I was like, oh. It sure is. It's just only that like one percentage of pop the population who <laughs> could actually get that kind of definition through a shirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love it so much. Totally. Oh um, I don't feel like typing a reply. Sorry, you guys. Um, yeah, the reason uh, we're oh both the reason we're fuzzy is because it streams at a lower it streams the video at a lower quality so that it doesn't take away from okay. like space. Yeah. Um so like you're okay. fuzzy too. Sorry guys. Sorry, we're, we're trying stuff. we're trying something. Yes. Yeah. We're we're recording um, in a anyway. in a different manner today. So anyways, it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, um, and I feel like we're, our our timing might be off, at least in your ears. I feel like you're hearing me a little later than I'm actually showing up on the on the thing. On the, so anyway, okay. anyways, yeah, bear with us, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is new stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be better in the long run, and if not, we can go back to our old ways of recording. But we're just trying to find like the new and best and most efficient and clear ways to get the episodes to you guys. So, yep. anyways, uh, do you have any other housekeeping? I don't think so. Um, Okay. It's funny that all the the baklava stuff just reminded me (laughs) of – I've been obsessed with watching The Great British Baking Show lately. I had Uh never seen it before, and my sisters love it. I know so many people love that show, and um, I – I started, I was like, okay, let's see what the fuss is all about. And I turned it on and it is one of the best things. It's so relaxing. Everybody is so nice to each other. It's like the anti-reality show reality show. And it's so beautiful because it's just like these British people baking this crazy stuff. And uh, they're, you know, the judges are... Paul and Mary are eating eating the stuff and judging them and um it's 
I just love it so much. It's like calm because uh, American reality show is so dramatic and it's like, what will they well, do it's next? Not- and it's all cut to be try to be suspenseful. It's like not reality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's all scripted. And this, I was just like, this is so, it's so relaxing. (laughs) So they, one of the challenges that I watched recently was they had to do baklava. And so Eric had come home while I was watching that episode and he's like, man, now I want baklava. So we've been looking for places around, but um, we haven't gone to actually go get baklava yet. But we found a place well, the other day, and then we never made it out there. Well, order some from the Baklava King. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, th- the the thing is, we there is a place really close to us that I could probably mm-hmm. go to. So okay, that's a lot more immediate than ordering from sure. San Diego. I could just drive 15 minutes and go get it from this spot. We'll see how good oh, it have, is. I'd say you'll have to but, let me know how it is. Yeah. That's what, yeah, we need to go on like a baklava tour and like test baklava from all these different yes. places. Find the best baklava <laughs> in, like, in Southern uh-huh. California. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Like bar hopping, anyway. but better. Yeah. Baklava <laughs> hopping. Baklava <laughs> hopping. Anyhow. That's all I have. My life is boring. <laughs> I work. <laughs> I work and I watch the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean – yeah, that's how I feel. I'm like, my life is boring. I am pretty much home all the time. And which I mean, you know, it's I think that's the norm for everyone right now. But I'm yeah. home all the time. Or I'm like right now, I'm in Arizona because of Jason's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but still technically home. Like I'm at the place we stay at. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and I am either reading or Oh, speaking of reading, oh my gosh, you guys, I am in the middle of a book right now. It's the last arc I have. Um, It releases like March 16th, I think. I think I've mentioned this author on the podcast before, maybe like in season one, but if you have not read an Amy Harmon book, like I Mm. cannot encourage you enough to go read one. Specifically, I would start with Making Faces personally, Um, but I'm in the middle of her newest release that comes out in a couple weeks and it's called The Songbook of Benny Lament. I am halfway through. It is and I had to force myself to put the book. The wind was keeping me up. I was telling Ashley off mic. It's very very windy here. Um and because of where we're mm-hmm. staying, it's in a manu- it's in a manufactured home, so like the insulation's not great. So, so it's like you can just hear and feel everything when it's super windy. So that was kind of keeping me awake, but also the book was keeping me awake. And I had to like force myself because I was like, okay, it is almost three in the morning. I have to record with Ashley in a few hours. I need to, <laughs> I like need to go, I need to shut the book and go to bed. But I feel like I'm getting to these this part these all these parts that it's like there's not really a great place to shut the book and go to bed. Um. Anyways, hmm. it it's really um, like I said, I'm only halfway through, but it is so good. I have so many sticky tabs because I hate marking in books, and because it's not, it's an actual physical book, not a Kindle. I can't just like highlight stuff, you know, like you can on your Kindle. So I have all these sticky tabs in in there already. And yes, so everybody go read Amy Harmon. Pre-order The Songbook of Benny Lament, but also go read her book, Making Faces. That was the first book I ever read by her. It's incredible. So if you're looking for something good, um, I I recommend her. I just had to shout that out because I was like, this is so good. It's so, so good. Um, Anyways, so 
now I think now that housekeeping's done, 15 and a half, 16 minutes in. Yeah. Um, should we I know. should we scatter brain talk about this episode? Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Okay. Um, I mean, my notes are just kind of like where do we even want to start? I know. Like my notes are kind of like just bullet points. Um, it's not really laid out like a typical note taking thing, which I feel like has kind of become the new norm is not taking normal notes, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, um I I did end up doing kind of like I note took as I watched because I only mm-hmm. watched this episode one time. <laughs> but um Oh, so that's true, I obviously yeah. didn't because I didn't do the live watch. Right. I was driving around um all of Saturday. And so I had no idea what happened at all in I forgot this about episode. that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was why I did watch it all the way through because you were te- you know, you're telling me that I'm the better person for watching all the <laughs> triple a scenes but i'm like but i hadn't seen anything so i'm gonna gonna watch the whole thing all the way through at least once yeah um but i guess should we start there with that ridiculousness yes so i will just i know you guys all said i don't need to shout you out but i do appreciate all of you uh Susie, african swan dz kazi uh B-R-S-N-X me on Twitter, Susan on Twitter, Sarah on Twitter, uh, M, just the letter M and a heart on Twitter, Olivia, like uh, so many of you guys, Made of White Snow, uh, DZ Tierra, Sandra Lynn, Cat Me. You guys are all awesome because I basically tweeted last night, like, please don't make me rewatch these AAA scenes. Can someone summarize it if there was like something to be seen or heard with the subs that wasn't caught in the live watch. And you guys all basically were like, they're the worst. Is anyone even watching their scenes? Like <laughs> you guys all, so, I mean, a few of you, a no. few of you that I listed did give me a summary and I just love you so much for it. But so they're like, you don't need to shout us out. We're happy to help. But I was like, no, I'm shouting you out because I appreciate that you did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Do you think that Alex is going to be leaving. Do you think this is what this whole thing was all about? Was it so well, that they can get rid of him as a character? I hope so because, ew, he's uh, he's uh, like a five, six-timer. What I don't even know what to call him other than just a big, fat, cheating, lying yeah. creep. Like, which, again, I don't understand yeah. because, like, it started out as this cute little Instagram flirtation. And then, yeah, when he came yep. in person, he was much more suave and, uh, uh, like, charismatic, I guess. So, you know, you kind of got that flirty vibe. But he didn't have to be icky. Sure. Like, he was annoying, but he – like, this was just crazy because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. In episode 29, you were like, let's tell – I'm sick of hiding our love. Let's tell Idon because she's flirting with me and it's uncomfortable because I'm actually with you. Like, he was the one who wanted to be public. He was the one that wanted that clear so that, like, women like Idon wouldn't come on to him. And then now here we are. Yeah, then they I felt- went on a- <laughs> Go ahead. I felt like the whole thing was it, it was such a like sharp left turn with him. Yeah. Cuz you know, there was the whole thing of um Idon's friend being like, "Oh yeah, well I dated Alex and he cheated on me or whatever." And then Ifair had heard that and started get feeling paranoid about the situation. 
But then this kind of felt like, okay, well, we're going to make him that way. Yeah. Because we're just going to, you know, defamate his, defame his character so that we can get him out and then stop the storyline. So like, if that's the, the way we're heading with all of this, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But it was just so ridiculous and so cringeworthy. Him so running, cringeworthy. him dropping behind the couch. Then the whole supposed murder thing, I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> okay. So, so many people were like, I'm sorry, are we watching Yasak Elma, which is a DZ he was on. I don't watch it, okay. but I guess that's something that would happen on that but show. Forever. So maybe it was like supposed to be a goofy nod to that. Like, I don't know. But it was so I mean, he's obviously not dead. Right. Like it was so over the is clearly just not a medical professional and doesn't know how to take a pulse. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, because number one, if he was dead, they wouldn't have moved his body that quickly because they would need to like investigate and like do. I mean, granted, I'm also using logic, so maybe they would. But like the only, the only but, thing I appreciated was that I fair at least seemingly knew like, well, they're going to find out from our DNA. Our DNA is all over the place. <laughs> so ridiculous. So like, listen, if you're right, I agree with you. If this is just our way to get him out, and like finalize, like he's terrible. We don't want him back. Fine. But can I please request, please, not that the writers or the producer listens to our podcast, but on the off chance that someone who has their ear does listen to this podcast, please, for the love, give me my strong, independent, respectable, <sighs> yeah. like women back because they have been reduced mm-hmm. down to the worst kind of stereotype of adolescent 12-year-old girls having a cat fight over an undeserving yeah. stupid boy. Like, and it's episodes really- upon mm-hmm. episodes upon episodes. And yeah. when when it all was happening and Idan seemed okay with – uh, Alex potentially still dating Ifair as he came over to her house. I was mm-hmm. all I was thinking was, there's no way she's that stupid. She is the one who figured out that Alptikin was cheating anyway because right. she saw the glasses. She went into the apartment and started looking around, quote innocently, mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, I just want to see how things are going, Alptikin." Like she's not stupid, but no. suddenly she's this dumb character who's like, uh-huh. oh, well, you just wanted to calm Ifair down? Okay, no problem. I totally believe you. Exactly. And Safi too? Come on. Safi is way smarter than that. Yep. And him being like, oh, I overheard this gossip and it seems like they're not together anymore because the trip didn't go well. Like, sorry, I don't believe Safi would have done that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like. I don't believe it. So mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, can we also please reset our characters to women I actually like? Because even when I didn't like Idon because of the way she was treating Edda, like she was a strong, like bold woman, even if she was wrong about who her son should have mm-hmm. been with. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Ifair, yeah, has just become this person who – Well, and they've who, been off 
Mm-hmm. They've been off in their own little world, you know, not paying attention to their children who really, really need them right now. <laughs> yeah, who are hurting, who are like uh, – <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's maddening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the – that's the essence of what happened in the AAA situation that got way, way, way too much screen time. Yeah. Um, okay. We're done with that, thankfully. Yes, thankfully. Um, should we – I was like, should we do all the bad stuff first? Yeah. That's, like I said, doctor's appointment and then you get the candy at the end. So There you go. There you go. Okay. So, Jerfair. Hashtag justice for Farid. Justice, justice for Farid. Farid. I wrote that like three times in my notes because At the beginning. He... So go, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. I'm like I just... run off the rails. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I totally understand, and you should because he is. Well, I do appreciate that the first time she gets all snotty with him, and he's like, "Excuse me, we're at work, and I actually have a work thing to discuss with you." I was like. Good for you, Fairy. Yes. He's like, did you not check mm-hmm. your email? Like, bad things are happening. We've got a canceled client. Um, and he's the one that, like, brings it to her attention. And she's like, oh, like, yeah, okay, my bad. You're right. Like, we do work together and, mm-hmm. like, this is going to happen. So, you know, which that kind of starts the ball rolling for the whole project that's been canceled um, that Edda is basically like, mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with this uh, humanely with humanity because watch how that works on a client. Sercon robot bolat. Um, and you know, whereas more Sercon and Jaren are more like, let's start the legal proceedings, let's this, let's that, all the very um, all the yes. very like cl- clinical things in order to deal with this. And she's like, No, I've got this. Like, um, anyways, all that to be said, we get a few more Jaren and Ferry things. The second one being, um, is this when he brings her the box? Yes, yeah. That's their second interaction. Um, and, of course, you know, she's acting all cold with him again and she doesn't want anything that he has to give her. And he's like, well, you know, this – I like the way he put it because he basically said, well, this already belongs to you. So you can either keep it or throw it out and that's mm-hmm. up to you. And then he just leaves her with it so that she can open it in privacy. And then he actually goes and he's able to see her as she opens it. So I did like that. I'm like, okay, he obviously knows her really well and he is showcasing that, but Mm -hmm. she just continued to act like a brat to him and to act unaffected and to keep (laughs) it. It's, I, I did appreciate that like later on when they're, off in the snow at back at those cabins. Um, mm-hmm. That Angan, because Pearl was right next to Jaren, and then Pearl kind of started complaining. And Angan's like, you know, maybe you need to get away from Jaren because she's in a really bad mood, and I think it's rubbed off on you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. At least they're all seeing it and acknowledging like something is wrong with her. Um, or at least something's out of the norm for what Jaren normal is. Um, I also really liked uh, the way Fairy later, you know, when it was like, well, take it or leave it, you know, because she pretends that she like threw it away when he's like, did you open it? Whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, 
Well, either way, like your destiny is in there. Like, because I know what you're destined to be. Because, you know, if we were actually in a relationship, we would have talked to each other and shared what our dreams and hopes are, which he's implying that they have done that. Mm-hmm. And so that he knows yeah. what her hopes and dreams are. And that, um, you know, and and she, of course, can't just be like, you're right, thank you. She has to be like, well, that's why they're dreams and not goals. Like, dreams don't happen, goals do. <laughs> like, you know, and he's like, well, basically telling her you're playing with semantics. If you want it to be a goal, you can make it a goal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just have to be a dream. And, you know, so I like that he's kind of – he is being very sweet and very fairy like but he's also kind of giving her the tough love that she needs too. Um I think she's undeserving yeah. of it from Fairy, but he's a sweet baby angel, so of course he's giving it to her. Um, so I don't know. Mm. Like part of me still has a little bit of hope for them, but also I'm like, but Fairy deserves so much better. <laughs> I know. I know. That's <sighs> – the whole thing is just a bummer. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the way that they've – turned her character the way that they have just screwed fairy over again and again Mm -hmm. it just is the biggest bummer yeah i agree um what else with them let's see i did you notice too i mean i guess we can talk about this at the end but it kind of feels relevant right now in the fragment i don't know if you watched either of the fragments but in the second fragment Jaren is back to blonde. Her bangs are gone. They've grown back out magically. So, you know, six-minute six minute dryer logic. If if clothes can go from pool sopping wet to completely dry in six minutes, Jaren's bangs can grow out and the pink can be completely non-existent from her very blonde hair. Totally. And been there, been there, done that. It is not easy to get rid of pink over very light hair like that. So <laughs> – but it has without any damage. Which is fine because if that's our sign that she's like headed back into her like regular Jaren self, like I don't care that it doesn't make sense that her bangs are now all of a sudden gone and grown out. Um, And it seems like too she's the one that's going to tell Serkan like that everything that's going on is like a fake as far as like Denise and Edda and stuff, Mm -hmm. which even if she's got kind of selfish intentions for it, it's not clear yet. But even so, I think it's going to be a good thing that he knows. So I'm fine with it. So I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah. have they heard our have they heard our cries? Are they going to try to right this wrong? Are they going to try to steer the Jaren ship like back on course? Um, I hope that's what's happening because, yeah. yeah, this. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I know. Um, what else should we talk about? Celine and Denise, who are officially a team now. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is, this was so, (laughs) I really just didn't know what to make of this whole thing Mm -hmm. because yes, they're a team and Mm -hmm. they're supposedly trying to keep Edda and Serkan away from each other Mm -hmm. and they're supposedly trying to stay with you know, their person that they're yeah. pretending. To, well, I mean, I guess Celine isn't pretending, but <laughs> and neither is Denise, really. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's <laughs> it was just so weird 
because Denise is obviously still pretending with Eda and he is um, doing stuff. He's continuing to do stuff to make Serkan jealous. So mm-hmm. he doesn't really seem to be that good at sabotage. But that, and like Celine gets mad and he is all, you know, being Mr. like wisdom and <laughs> <laughs> like the yeah. wise sage for everybody in, the, in this twisted little shale polyhedron oh. thing that's happening. And it's like, I was like, what is this guy's deal? Like he, he clearly is paired with Celine, but then he's kind of warning her and then he's telling her that she's like too much. Like I, I just, I was like, I don't know what this guy's deal is. I know. Well, and like the way he's like calling her out when they're at the uh, hotel or resort and how he's like, listen, I'm the one helping you where I'm like, listen, dude, you're helping yourself too. But he's like, Uh I'm the one, I'm the one helping you try to keep a man you can't even clearly keep track of. Like, so he kind of, you know, digs at her saying like, you're mad at me for not staying with Edda all day, but you didn't even know that your fiance was missing from the resort, like, and back at the (laughs) office. Um, so like you're just as culpable type of a thing. And, you know, you can tell Celine's coming unglued and unraveled because she's like basically like, that's not my fault. You were supposed to do your part too. It's like the Teflon queen, you know, it's mm-hmm. nothing sticks to her. It's all on everyone oh, else. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like you can kind of see the unraveling and the spiral starting uh, before her temper tantrum happens twice later. And like mm-hmm. – yeah. I'm like, oh, Denise, he really is just a magnet for the crazies, huh? Like, because he just keeps getting kissed by women he doesn't want to be kissed by who are losing their minds over another man. Like, I, I mean, I mean, Jaren what's, is- what's, what's the deal? Like, what is so attractive about this guy that they all just can't keep their lips off of him? <laughs> well, and what's bumming me out too is that I'm like, you're turning into a Sardar. Like- I wanted more for you than that. Like, Mm -hmm. and for those of you who did not watch Bayonlish, that was the name of his character on Bayonlish. Um, And he was a seemingly like nice guy when you first meet him. He's a doctor. He's respectable, all this stuff. But then he turns into like an obsessed psychopath with the heroine, which is kind of where I feel like we're headed, um, which is a bummer. So, because at least in Bayonla, yeah. she didn't have it. He didn't have a history with Esgi. He had just met her, and then it was more about the fact that, like, she kind of chose someone else that he sees as quote beneath him. So it was more like about the challenge of, uh, no, I deserve her because I'm better, not ruining this lifelong right. friendship chase, he's had. Kind of a thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's a little bit different, but either way, he. I kept going back and forth during the live watch too where I was like, wait, is he teamed up with her? Because the way he's talking to Edda when mm. Celine's like hiding, you know, in the cafe and he's like, Edda, listen, this is our plan. Like, look, at, I can already see him jealous. Like, he's going to fall back in love with you. Like, we're on the right track. Like, he does yep. sound like he really is encouraging her, which I mean, could have just been for Edda's benefit to believe him, but it sounded genuine. Sure. So then I'm like, are you like double crossing Celine? But here's what cinched it for me that made me go, no, you're done. Like, I don't care even if you are supposedly double crossing her. This was too far. To thank someone 
for having a traumatic near-death experience to thank someone for almost dying and forgetting about the love of his life so that you could be with her? No, that's not it. Yeah. Brother. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. too far. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, that's, this is super twisted that he's doing this <laughs> right now. It's and, cruel and, he and just mean. Told- Yep. And he had just told Celine, like, oh, you're a wonderful woman. You're a strong woman. And all I was thinking was, first of all, you don't even know Celine. Mm-mm. Second of all, I don't know. Again, I don't know what your game is here. And then he goes to Sercon and spins whatever that was. But part of me was thinking, okay, well, all you're going to be doing by telling Sercon this is if Sercon is clearly struggling mm-hmm. with, you know, Celine versus Eda having these memories, ha- having a clear inclination mm-hmm. to think about Eda and mm-hmm. um, to kind of be drawn to her against his best judgment or whatever. Um, wouldn't you think that that would kind of turn him the other way to be like, well, if he's thanking me, then Edda really must be a catch, and I really mm-hmm. should probably work on figuring out what the heck was going on with the two of us in all that time that I've forgotten about. Yeah. Yep. Well, and like, yeah, because we've kind of veered off from – the whole thing at the beginning of this was like, she's manipulative, she tricked you, she this, and – he was only suspicious of that for like a minute. Then it was just more about like, I just don't remember you. So you're not real and you're not actually a part of my life, which I sort of would rather have them stayed on the whole, like he's suspicious of her and still trying to figure out what her goal is here. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as far as we know, he was fed that she just totally turned him into someone he wasn't. And And it was implied that it was so, you know, she could get a hold of all these shares in the holding. And that kind of has been put on the back burner. And it's just more about like, well, I don't remember you. So blah. And I'm like, that's dumb. What makes more sense is him continually being like suspicious, but then being like, well, that's weird because she's doing this. And that doesn't really track with someone who would want to um, hurt me or steal from me or whatever. Because – you know, she's helping me gain this client back. She's helping me not lose this client or she's helping me, you know, helping the company with this. So mm-hmm. that's more what I would have liked to see in these last few episodes versus just, well, I don't remember you. So you're not in my past and you're not in my future. Like, you know, oh because that's been like the, that's been what it's been every week. And, you know, and this week we did see a lot more of his like draw to her. Um, even when he doesn't realize it, like his heart being drawn to her, like, okay, mm-hmm. I have to give my chef's kiss acknowledgement where it is due. That cafe scene was literal perfection for me. Mm. That yeah. was exactly what angst should be in a romance because mm-hmm. there was, there was, um, development in the plot there was more revealed mm-hmm. there it and that is how you do a parallel because it was not a regurgitated yep. scene of episode 12 but it was absolutely 
It was absolutely 100% a callback to episode 12. And to me, it preserved yep. the sanctity of what that scene was in episode 12 and actually added to its value for me. Yep. Yep. Well, and it it even gave us a little bit more context about their relationship while they were in a relationship, that this mm-hmm. was a this was their place, this was a special place to the two of them that they would yeah. frequent often. And let me just tell you. I was so incredibly impressed with Hande's acting during the scene because all I could think was if I were in her place and if I were in a situation where the man that I loved more than anybody else in the world suddenly couldn't remember me or my rela- our relationship and he his sad brain is clearly desperately trying to crawl through that muck to uh-huh. remember all of this stuff and he's thinking of these things and going these places and he doesn't even really realize it like are she <laughs> she looked like she was barely holding it together and all yep. i was thinking was uh, that that would be any of us that would absolutely uh-huh. be any of us in that same situation her eyes were like everything in that scene mm-hmm. i 100% agree i yeah because also too you're you're frustrated because you're like, just tell him why this place is so special. But also at the same time, I understand why she wouldn't because I could see him being like, oh, I'm not coming back here then because that's only going to further confuse me. Um, So I think a lot of the times the reason she's not explaining to him, hey, this is where you learned how to, this is what, this is where you learned the lemon water thing. Hey, this is why you go to this cafe. Hey, this is why you feel at peace here. Because he literally said like, the road just brought me here. I don't know why. And then it was the weirdest thing because the waiter knew who I was, said I I could sit at my table. He brought both their coffees without either of them Mm -hmm. actually ordering it. And, you know, and he's like, but the weird thing is like, I feel happy and calm here. Like, I feel good. And, you know, and you can tell for her that was encouraging but also at the same time heartbreaking because he doesn't know why he feels so good. But I can totally understand her not wanting to further explain it because in his confusion, in his, Mm -hmm. you know, in his, what he's, like you said, he's trying to mine through all this stuff. I could see him being like, oh, well, this is just going to keep confusing me if I keep drinking lemon water or going to places like this, knowing that it's connected to her. So And, you know, so it's like for her, she'd rather him just continue to go to those places and hope and pray that it continues to trigger him in some way. Um, So I totally understand why she's not being like, oh, let me tell you where you learned that. Um, You know, I just love that. totally. Well, and I – Go ahead. Well, and I I loved that it showcases the fact that with Edda, with all of these different things, with Edda, he found peace and he found mm-hmm. happiness in a way that he had never really found that before, in a way that he yeah. clearly didn't have that with Celine and even still does not have that with Celine. He had this mm-hmm. almost kind of sense of peace and familiarity and kind of almost protection when he was mm-hmm. first had first lost his memory. And he was so incredibly vulnerable, which is, of course, what you would expect. Mm-hmm. But so that's why, you know, he's clung to Celine so far so much because of that familiarity. But it's so I, – I really did love the implication 
that even though he has felt a little more secure, he's felt that sense of security with Celine, he has Mm -hmm. not felt a sense of peace. And Mm -hmm. every time you see him at the office, he is stressed out. He wants lemon water (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he is not doing well. But then if it's these, if he's going to these places with Eda or Mm -hmm. that are connected to Eda and all of these different things, everything that is connected to her is all something that calms him and makes him feel better. Yes. And I think if we had seen a little more of this in 29, 30, and 31, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have hated those episodes so much. Um, You know, because we started to see little hints of it, like with the lemon water, but then that was like the only tiny little thing we got in that episode. Um, And this episode was filled with things like that. And I think it could have – I think all of this stuff could have been better spread out among these four episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. And it would have made a lot more sense where they're headed. Because clearly – I mean, I think we knew from the beginning, like, they're going to make him fall back in love with her before he remembers. We knew that just because of what he said in episode 28. However, they weren't conveying Mm -hmm. that very well because he was just cruel and hot and cold. Um from 29 to 31. Mm-hmm. And he still is kind of hot and cold here, but not not quite the same. Um, and right, he's a right. lot more curious and he's a lot more concerned and he's a lot more, you know, and so I think we needed a little bit more of that. Um, it needed to be it needed to be spread more smoothly among the last few episodes than it has been. Um, but I'm glad to see that it's happening now yeah. because like you said, it it's like we're getting somewhere. Um you know, because even like mm-hmm. the next the next day, she brings that coffee. Now that she's like, "Well, I know you love this coffee place now," um, and you know, he kind of makes a dig at Denise because he's like, "Oh, you know, your fiance's coffee isn't that great, so maybe you should tell him to start getting coffee from here." <laughs> and she's like, "Actually, he provides the coffee beans to them, so like, nice try." So you know, you <laughs> see that little bit of jealousy in him because. Why would he say that unless he's trying to take – why would he need to take a dig at him unless he's feeling some type of form of jealousy, even if he can't name that – even if he can't name right. it right now? Um, And even I right. love, loved, loved the implication when he's like, man, they write your name with a lot of hearts at this place. Like, you must have a secret admirer there. And she's like, no, I have a history. Mm-hmm. And I was like – is Sarakon mm-hmm. responsible for them having to write Edda with hearts? Like, did he tell them to do that when they order? Because she implies that it's because of him. I have a history there. She implies that it's like because of uh-huh. him that the coffee cup is written that way. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing from that coffee scene the night before is right before she leaves because she's overwhelmed and she's like, well, I'm just going to leave you with your feeling of peace and calm then. I'm going to go. But she's like, just so you know, Sarakon – this really is your table. You rented it out so that it would be here anytime you needed it. And I loved that because the fact that in 12, when she's like, there's never open tables here. It's like a sign. We have to go in and get this coffee. You saw how excited uh-huh. she was. You saw how much it meant to her that there was a table opening. This was really their first official mm-hmm. date as a real couple. Um, having this late night, yeah. you know, would wood burned coffee. Uh, and then just so just the fact that they were like, hey, yeah, so he actually basically 
bought this table so that it was always empty. Like it's permanently on reserve for them. Oh, and then so you also realize too, it's been Edda's place of peace while he's been gone, whether physically or meant or you know emotionally. Right now, it's been her place of peace too because she clearly still frequents there a lot. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So and even them calling, even her referring to it as our coffee place later on, and he doesn't. He's a little taken aback, but then he's like, "Well, yeah, I'm a regular there too, I guess. So yeah, our coffee place. Like all those little things. I just." I right. really loved the whole cafe aspect. Like I loved that so much. And that was something I never would have given a second thought like to add more meaning to. And so it took me by surprise in the best way because it was like this thing I didn't know I needed. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was a very – it, it was a good callback because it wasn't super obvious. Like I, like you said, I don't know if any of us would have been like, oh, they're definitely going to call back to that one cafe that they went to one time to get uh-huh. <laughs> some coffee. But uh-huh. it, so it was the the perfect opportunity for that. And yes. yeah, I just it just makes me wish that they had given us the, a little tiny bit of this previously because mm-hmm. it truly felt these last few episodes like I'm like I don't know how to see hope in their future mm-hmm. and hope in yeah. their uh relationship because of what they're giving us they're giving us a little bit just to take it away they're giving us a little bit mm-hmm. just to snatch it back and yep there certainly was a little bit of that in this episode as well with his whole you're not part of my past you're not going to be part of my future which is a yeah. horrible parallel to something that Celine said which made yeah. it even that much worse mm-hmm. i was like Really? You're going to make this dig something that Celine has even said to Edda? Right. And as, after you guys just had a nice moment at the cafe the night before and she brought you coffee to be a nice coworker, like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, and then you see the light fully leave Edda's eyes and then he kind of realizes how much he hurt her. Mm-hmm. And that I at least appreciated that he wasn't <laughs> like completely – obtuse about it mm-hmm. yeah because in the past he's they've painted him as not just being heartless but being obtuse like he's somehow not as perceptive as he once was yeah yes somebody else pointed that out too and i was like that is so true about being perceptive because um people were like this is the man who knew his like CEO dude was like screwing them over, but yet he can't see Celine's manipulation mm-hmm. when literally everyone else around him loves Edda, like people he trusts, like Angin and Pearl and like his other employee, like Layla, people he knows and trusts. And he's like not questioning if he's being manipulated. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um no. And like, yeah, to piggyback on the whole, you're not in my past, you're not in my future. We only exist in this building as partners. Also, the fact that he made that ugly snide remark where he was like, well, clearly I just don't forget things that I enjoy in life. Like, what was the purpose yes. of that? I think that, that was mm-hmm. so cruel yeah. and mean and unnecessary. Like, it was not a funny joke. It was not like, 
you know, because there's been no. a few times where he's like, oh, well, clearly, you know, maybe it's a good thing I forgot this, blah, 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 where it's like you can tell it's kind of a joke. But that was just mean. And again, the hot right. and cold we were seeing all these other – these past three – these other past three episodes where it was like, oh, my gosh, please stop mm-hmm. giving me whiplash. Like, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, totally. Um, I know. I'm trying to think of the order that those came. Um, Cause I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. The jabs. Uh, sorry. I'm um, looking at my screenshots. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah. So while we still did have a few of those ugly moments, thank God we had far less of them than we've had in the previous three episodes. So like then, you know, there's this whole thing, you know, we kind of brushed over this a little bit, but basically, you know, Edda did get that client to uncancel their thing because she was a human being who called and reassured them and they liked that just like she knew they would. I love that she kind of let Sarkon stew in it a little bit and is like, no, like he can come to me then and I can tell him. Like he can be mad and think that it's still canceled for a while. And all that to be said, it turns out Yoldrum Bay is going to come the next morning for the presentation um, to solidify the fact that like they are staying with them for the project. So – Edda says she's got it handled. You know, the next morning comes. There's some bickering between her and Serkan about the conference room looking messy. But she's like, we're literally a company working. Of course, there's going to be files out, this and that, which then works out in her favor because the right. client the client clearly acknowledges that. And, you know, they basically solidify that. Well, she's- uh- Go ahead. Don't for, don't forget, we have basically a, a kiss right after they're arguing about that because they're messing yeah. with the papers, uh-huh. and they drop stuff on the floor, and they both go down to get it, and then, oops, our faces have smashed together. <laughs> and Celine is witnessing it as we just sit here and don't move. <laughs> yep. Yep. Let, oh. I, I, will, I do have to say, sorry, before you keep going, I do mm-hmm. have to say- that they stuck it to Celine so many times this episode. <laughs> and I was like, mwah, 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 mwah. I was eating it up. I was like, yes. give it all to me. D- humiliate her, defeat her, <laughs> ruin her. <laughs> yes. Well, and this better only be a prelude for what's to come. Like, yeah. Because she deserves far worse than this. This is a great start, but this is not it. So. Heads will spin yeah. if we don't yeah. get our like amazing downfall. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. So they have they share that almost kiss moment because there's a lot more moments too in this episode of him just kind of stopping and like staring at her for like a good solid handful of seconds. And most of the time she doesn't see it, which I kind of like. He's just kind of absorbing her, which I did. I really appreciated that in like their work montage later and all that. So anyhow. Basically, this Yildrum Bay guy is coming and is like, okay, I'll be here tomorrow for the full presentation. And basically, I want to invite you guys to my resort, you know, to relax and have a good time after this is all done. And so they wind up accepting. And um, so the whole team basically goes ahead because he wants her to handle the project. And so everyone goes ahead to this resort and Celine and Denise have hatched a plan. And she basically is like, oh, I'm going to make sure Edda can't make it. So she basically, again, what is with these PR people not actually doing PR work but causing PR problems? Because 
they barely just saved this client. And yet Celine is like, let me delete it off Edda's laptop. Also, let me delete it off the main computer so she doesn't have a backup. And and in that uh-huh. shot, there is a security camera right above her angled at that computer. So I swear if they don't use oh. someone checking the footage to find her doing that, I'm going to be pissed because it's it's right there in the well, corner. Didn't, didn't Erdem or Layla even mention that? Like, can we check the security cameras? Didn't they? Oh, maybe. I thought they brought that up. Well, I hope that's maybe what they, they did. Do. So, yeah, but I, I agree. I, my, my note was what is with these people? Uh, why, why do people love to endanger their own paychecks? And also why aren't, why aren't any of these computers password protected? Like I work from home. Nobody could access my computer on a normal day except for myself or my husband. And I have a passcode on my work computer. Like Mm -hmm. that's just the way that it goes. You have a pin, you have a password. Well, this was – okay. Did you watch with the good subs? Yeah. Okay. So because when she's on the phone with someone who I can't figure out because she's like, okay, what's the password? So I'm like, well, it can't be Denise. Who the heck is she on the phone with when she's accessing that main computer? Because she's like, I already took care of Edda's. So, okay, what's the password? Okay, I'm in. Now what do I do? Like someone's guiding her how to delete that stuff. And so I'm like, who the heck are you talking to? Huh. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about the fact that she was on the phone. Yeah. So that computer for sure was password protected. I'm not sure how she got into Edda's unless Edda's really isn't password protected. Yeah. Um, Right. So anyways, so yeah, so she ruins it so that basically the next morning when she's setting up, the presentation's gone. There's no backup. There's no printouts. There's no nothing. And it creates chaos because she's like, okay, we're already on thin ice with this client. So she basically calls them, smooth things over, and says there's just a technical issue she needs to iron out, but she's going to send them. She's going to send a car. They're going to go on a tour of Istanbul, blah, 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 so that she can iron it out, even though really a couple hours is not really enough time for her to like redo this whole presentation. Well, Layla winds up calling Sarkhan and being like, just so you know, Sarkhan Bay, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. And shock of shocks, Sarkhan's first instinct is not, oh my gosh, the company's ruined, is not, oh my gosh, I need to win this client back. It's, oh my gosh, I need to go help Mm -hmm. Edda. And and Mm -hmm. the reason we know that's what his instinct is and not just work is that he tells Engen where he's going and not to tell anyone. But if you were just going because it was strictly work-related. Yeah, why do you want to keep that a secret, Sir Conbey? Uh-huh. Because if he was going and it was strictly work-related, he would not care who knew because everybody knows he's a workaholic. So we know for sure his motivation was to help Edda because he probably knew she was stressed out and freaking out. So he sneaks on back to the office, shows up with coffee from their coffee place, and even is like, okay, Patron, tell me where to start. Like, she's the boss. She's the one in charge of this thing. And we get this work montage, which I've missed. Yep. I love when they actually work together. Um, I enjoyed the whole montage of them, her just showing him what she was planning, him helping make that happen. This is when we get a few times where he's just like looking at her. And I thought this was so well executed. The way he just, it 
to me, it was super obvious that it was nothing but muscle memory and he wasn't even thinking about it when he does that hair tuck and he tucks the hair behind Mm -hmm. her ear because she's the only one who acknowledges it. They don't pause and he's not like, what the heck did I just mm-hmm. do? Whoops. He just tucks it behind her her ear and then just keeps on working. And I'm like, because that's muscle memory because that is stuff that he did. Um, she is affected by it because she even kind of like retucks the hair behind her head. Like, did that just happen? Like, and she kind of smiles, but he's already off, you know, into the next part of the project and whatever. So I loved that it was like this little thing that – we we can see he didn't even realize he did. Um, so like I enjoyed all of that. Of I course, also really like the fact – Go ahead. Sorry. I also really like the fact that them working together is something that really first kind of I, – I think that them working together and him seeing how smart she is, him seeing mm-hmm. – her dedication to doing well and to doing good work was something that first really sparked his interest in her when they were first getting to know each other because hard work is something that Sarkhan really respects. And so the fact that she puts everything into her work is something that I think really helped his budding attraction to her at the beginning. And so seeing this work work montage – it's something you wouldn't think too much about because it's like, oh, it's a cute montage. Mm-hmm. But again, it's really a callback to those beginning days with the two of them and how they developed their relationship, how they really started to get to know each other despite their rocky mm-hmm. beginnings. And this was a really good parallel of that showcase of the two of them, their personalities, how, oh, yes, they do bicker. And yes, they're not always going to agree on everything, but like they are very symbiotic in the way that they are working together, in the way that they're talking. Clearly, they're able to really connect well with this stuff. So just to see that again Mm -hmm. with post-Amnesia Serkan was a really sweet callback, I thought. I agree. You're right. Um, And, you know, there were two new writers brought in this week, not along with that duo that started last week. So I don't know if this is to their credit. You know, I I don't know. But I noticed a huge shift from last week to this week. And so they're the only thing that changed. So I don't really know if they're the ones to credit. But if they are, bravo. Like, I've never heard of them. I don't know who they are. But I did notice there were two new names. And – um, if, if that's the case, I hope they stick around for a while. Um, because yeah, like these callbacks were, these felt like they came from someone who not just watched the show because it's their homework to watch the show, but like has watched mm-hmm. the show and appreciated it as much as we, the fans have like, um, and so, yeah, you know, um, meanwhile, when all this is happening, we find out that it's Celine's birthday. So it's kind of like, oh, when she realizes Sarkhan's not around, it's like, oh, she mu- he must be planning something for your birthday then. So then she's kind of like okay with it. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, Perel well, is the one who says that. It's not even Celine. Celine doesn't even have those expectations of Sarkhan. It's it's Perel because Celine knows the truth. <laughs> He knows Mm -hmm. that he doesn't even love her. Okay, so so that then begs the question because at one point I was like, okay, Celine, what's your end game here? Because 
why do you want to be with a man so badly who is treating you the same way he did before? Like, despite his memory loss, like, he is distant from you. He's telling you he doesn't like answering to people. He doesn't like being questioned. Um, Yet it does still allow again him. a good callback. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, at this point, what's your end game? Like, you should just want to bow out because you realize I can't even get his mud brain to do what I want. Like, this isn't worth the Mm -hmm. trouble. Like, this isn't you two huddled up in a cabin anymore. Like, uh, right. What what is your end game? Why do you want this so badly? I really thought that her conversation with Denise was really enlightening because for her, it's clearly never necessarily been a case of loving people. It's been a situation of being loved. And what's so odd to me about her saying that, that, you know, oh, for two people to be in love with each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. All of this is her just making herself a victim <laughs> in her whole life and all of her relationships and all of these situations because yep. that's how she felt with Ferry. She's she's like you said the Teflon queen. She's getting all the blame with hers and Ferry's relationship off of her because oh we couldn't love each other at the same time. I guess that's her excuse, whatever. <laughs> uh and then with Serkan, it really seems to be her only goal is not even to love him and take care of him. Her goal is to get him to love her. And I think the mm-hmm. fact that she knows she can't just snap and even with his mud brain make him love her, mm-hmm. I think it's just making her crazy. And mm-hmm. she's you know, trying to use Denise now and she's trying to do all this stuff. And, you know, Denise really does try to help her and he tells Mm -hmm. Sircon like, hey, uh, BT dubs, like this is Celine's birthday. So maybe that's why she just literally threw a fit, which I was like, (laughs) girl. (laughs) When she like storms out of there. Yes, she like, Threw her arms down like a kid. <laughs> well, and again, Serkan doesn't even go after her. No, like the way, <laughs> the way he's good. Which she's like, does this day have any meaning to you? Like, like Serkan, <laughs> does this day mean anything to you? And he has the the worst attitude. And I swear, <laughs> if a guy were talking to me that way, I would get so mad. I'd be like. He's such a jerk. I would be so angry. But him, I, <laughs> him acting this way to Celine, I was dying because he, he's like, well, you know, other than the holiday, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so good. That but that's my thing. Is like, okay, Celine, you are like. This man who's known you his whole life, so it's not that he forgot because of his memory, he knows your birthday and it does not even register in his brain. Why do you want a man like this? Like, I don't know. I I, I don't know. She's so stupid. Anyways. (laughs) So stupid Celine. Stupid snake (laughs) Celine. 
Yep. <laughs> we oh hate my gosh. you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, girl, oh, oh, hate. Yes. I, what's above hate? Like, I have such disdain. Despise. For her. Like, loathe entirely. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, Denise tries to help her, but like I said, in turn though, he's hurting Edda and Serkan, which is why I'm like, no, even if you're quote supposedly gonna try to pull the whole I'm double crossing her, no, you hurt Edda because by you telling him it was Celine's birthday, you knew he was gonna do something about it and you knew that was gonna hurt Edda. Which, by the way, to me, yeah. I, I think too, upon my rewatch, I was like, oh, I don't think it was clear right away that this was a surprise party for Celine. It seemed like it was just like a fancy dinner party for the whole crew because Ed yeah, – it was super awkward. Yeah. Nobody – like nobody realized when they walked in and the confetti went off and it was like, surprise. Like everyone was like, oh, and there's like two people clapping. But Ed looks devastated. Yeah. Devastated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, it wasn't apparent that this was a surprise party for her. Like, clearly only Sarkhan yeah. was the one in the know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was super obvious because Engin was the only one clapping. I'm pretty sure he was the only single person clapping. And then maybe like Pearl and Farid started clapping afterwards. Mm-hmm. But everybody was just standing there awkwardly. and. All I was thinking was they I don't think any of them knew this was happening. Number 1, and number 2, how many of them actually even like Celine? Maybe Pearl? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Angin has known her for a while, so mm-hmm. he can clearly tolerate her, but Ed Ferry has a history with her, so he's like cool, yeah. I care about you. Happy birthday. Like I <laughs> It was mm-hmm. just so weird. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, and it was meant to be, which I'm glad because it was clearly super awkward. She's like, oh, my gosh, like her super over dramatic, like, excitement, which was just so cringeworthy, mm-hmm. um, you know, all that, which, of course, then sends Edda out of there. Melo's the only one who kind of goes after her. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. And then Serkan's like, get the cake, get the cake, get the cake. So, you know, and then that's what leads to Edda getting lost eventually because we see that Melo is, like, asking the, you know, front desk, like, have you seen her? You know, she hasn't come back. So clearly some time has passed. Um, and, you know, uh, at that point they're about to actually sing happy birthday to Pearl. So I'm like, how long did – or not Pearl, uh, uh, Celine. And I'm like, Celine. how long did it – how long did it take for that cake to get there? Because in all that time, Edda had time to get lost, but yet we haven't even lit the candles on this cake yet. Like, did they have to bake they the cake? They couldn't find still? the cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was still getting frosted and they couldn't find the candles. And then they're like, oh no, we need a lighter. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, as the, they're- The DZ World timing- was happening there. <laughs> yeah. So they're about to light it. And then, of course, Melo comes in at just the right moment to where she can't even blow out her candles uh, because <laughs> it does missing. And, you know, even snotty Jaren, who has not been nice to her this whole episode, is concerned and is like, let's mm-hmm. go look for her. 
But and of course, Sarah Khan's immediate reaction, he's like, Celine, I need to go find her and then I'll come right back. Well, uh, uh, like, <laughs> and clearly this shows she has no humanity left because she's not, she doesn't want to go out and look for a missing person in a snowstorm. No, she wants, she wants Anna dead. She wants her lost in the snow to die of exposure. She, so that she can finally be rid of her and finally have Serkan being uh-huh. begrudgingly with her forever. It is terrible. So then we get, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. That's all. Go eat worms. <laughs> Like literally. No, yeah, she's literally yelling, nobody loves me. (laughs) Like she like she's a five-year-old who just got told that they can't have another cookie. (laughs) Like one of the reasons I love children so much is because they are so dramatic. And the littlest thing, they're just like, oh, like they, they'll fall down on the floor <laughs> like they're dying. And it's so funny because, you know, oh. life is just so hard when you're a kid. But man, Sam uh-huh. was having some major tantrum vibes this whole <laughs> episode. And I mean, how utterly selfish, do, how narcissistic do you have to be in order to be like, Somebody is lost out in the snow and everybody's going to search for them. Nobody loves me. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable to me. I Mhm. So uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so let's put a, let's put a pin in that. Let's talk about Yasak uh or Ashk Yasak. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the hashtag for the episode, even though that was only a thing for like 20 seconds mm, of yeah. the whole episode. Because yeah. you know, we kind of get jealous, Serkan, and he's like, mm-hmm. Look at them, look at the way this company's being run, look at how she's so freely in love here. And he's like, Love is forbidden. Like, and you know, puts puts nobody can on. have fun here. Right. <laughs> And, you know, so then the signs go up and all that stuff, and it ends up being this whole bickering thing between them. But then he tries to induce jealousy by pulling that rule back when Celine shows up with coffee, and he's like, oh, the woman who lights up my life. And I'm like, no, she does not. Like, you don't even believe that. Like, uh, No, he doesn't. Um, and, like – you know, and he ends up res- pulling the rule back, and he's like, "Well, I'm just so in love that yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna erase that rule." And it's just this whole dumb thing. I just wanted to acknowledge that because I thought it was really stupid. Um, also, yeah. When also can we get Go ahead. another Meltem? And I was like, "Cool, Ugh. thanks for that extra stab in the back." I know, but I hate thankfully- it. Thankfully. Thankfully, by the end of the episode, he does call her Melek. So I was like, okay, yeah. if this is us turning a corner with this, I will be so thankful because I am really tired of mm-hmm. this Serkan 
pretend, not even pretending, I guess, whatever, being such a jerk that he mm-hmm. doesn't even remember Milo's name. Yeah. So anyway, well, and it also seems in the fragment, although it could be misleading us, so I won't put all my eggs in that basket, but it seems like he's asking for her help to plan a dinner for Edda, mm-hmm. which I'm like, Okay, that's very a niche day in Melo. So it would be mm-hmm. cool if that's if he's if she's who he went to. Um, I wanted to point out too because we when they first arrive back at the resort and Celine realizes he was not planning a surprise <laughs> for her, but he was with Edda all day uh-huh. because you know they finish the presentation, they're tired, and he's like, "Well, I ordered us a car because I'm tired too." And when she falls asleep on him in the car, he likes it. Like, I think he has one of those. It's I think he has like that cafe feeling. He kind of feels at peace and happy, even if he's like, "Why though? I don't even know this woman." Like, so I did love that. Mm-hmm. I love when we get scenes that are clearly just them telling the cast have fun, because that snowball fight mm-hmm. was just really cute and fun yeah, looking. That was so and, cute. Mm-hmm, and you can just tell that was the entire cast just being goofy. And of course, it gave us some great Ed Sarah fight flirting, um, you know, because he kind of tackles her to the ground and all this stuff. So it's like, see, Sarah Combe, like, like you clearly enjoy being around her. You enjoy how you feel when you're around her, even when sometimes it's frustrating, even when it's bickering, because, you know, they do talk about that later, how he's like, do we always just bicker? Um, You know, and so. It just – that was just so delicious because, you know, Celine sees that they'd been together all day and then she's not even a part of that snowball fight because she has stormed off and, you know, is stewing. Um, and yeah. then also later, um, still before the awkward surprise party, when they're on those porches, I read – someone – I don't – it was a crew member. I don't remember which one though. Somebody commented though when there was a still from that scene that was like, oh, this was a really great um, improvised scene. So I think that whole thing between Edda and Serkan was just Hande and Karem riffing as Edda and Serkan. Like when he, when they're kind of bickering about like, you know, after he comes and knocks on her door to talk about work and she's like, we're not talking about work. And she kind of lays it on thick with Denise. But then she's like, oh crap, I just sent him back to Celine. And so then she goes and knock on his door and he kind of gives it back to her and is like, uh-huh. uh, are you talking to me about work? Like, and he calls Celine his beauty. Mm-hmm. And and it is like, did you just say that? You don't say that. Like, you don't say that. Um, and, you know, they both kind of realize they took it too far, but now they kind of have to continue with it. I mean, they don't have to, but they feel like they have to. Right. Um, you know, and so she's like, you'll be the one knocking on my door, but don't come knocking on my door to talk about work. Like, you know, they're just kind of like bicker uh-huh. flirting, but also playing chicken with each other, which is dangerous. And um, right. yeah, but but I did I did enjoy it, even though I was frustrated by it. Um, the other thing, too, mm-hmm. the, the callback to nobody can touch me but you. Because when he first realizes in the office that he crossed a line and was like, I don't remember Mm -hmm. which what which one of the things it was that he said, whether it was like you're not. It's it's right after he says, um, 
dang it. I just had it on my screenshots. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the – gosh, dang it. See, this is uh-huh. – It's after like, he says one of the new things where he yeah, either says is. you're this not in my past her. or future. It's something yeah. that it upsets her enough that she turns to leave. Like, you know, whether it's him talking about Celine, um, like, and how in love he is with her or – I, I want to say it's when he's like, you're not in my past or my future. Only in this company do we have a relationship. But I can't remember if that's what it was. They're talking – yeah. You know, these – my uh, continuation of screenshots might be incorrect. But I, I'm pretty sure it's um, – oh, my gosh. Because they're talking about his memory – um, they're talking, oh yeah, it is, you're not in my past, you won't be in my future. He says, only okay. inside of this building we exist. I mean, only our, our, only our partnership exists. And then mm-hmm. she is like stricken and he says mm-hmm. to mom and she's like, she's like, there, you're a man like this. Thankfully you have lost your memory, Sarkhan. And then yes. um, he's like, thanks. And she's like, at least I have Denise I, and I got rid of a robot like you. And he's like, Eda, and then he grabs her elbow, and she's like, no, don't, don't touch me, and then that sparks it for him. hmm And poor thing, because again, she gets this hope, like, where did you hear that? Why did you say that? Because she knows exactly what it's from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then of course he's like, he's just confused by it, and so then she's like, right. here, you know, here we go again. Um, like, she lets herself get this hope up and then like it doesn't go anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you can't blame her for being like, by the way, you said that to me, you know, because again, then he's not going to want right. to dwell on it. You know, she's risking him not wanting to dwell on it. And so I totally get her not wanting to explain the origins of a lot of these things because she wants him to come to it on his own. And, um, you know, I also really enjoyed when he shows up to help her when the presentation is blah, um, she's like, are you really here? And she's just so happy to have the help. She hugs him and he doesn't really Mm -hmm. respond right there. He's just more like, yeah, of course I'm here. We're in trouble. Like, let's get to work. Tell me what to do, boss. But then when it all goes really well and they're both relieved, they both very actively participate in that hug. Mm -hmm. And and it lingers and and he feels it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and at that point, I done and Safi see them, um, and I really liked the progression of them using the "no one can touch you but me" because uh-huh. the first time he kind of remembers it, Ada's like, "What did you say?" But he would mm-hmm. he won't repeat it to her because he's just you know all mud brained and he's like, uh, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm thinking. So why am I going to tell this girl? Um, but later when they're in the cabin and he has the flash again, and Mm -hmm. I thought the use of this was perfect because it wasn't her being like, by the way, I said that to you. She wasn't like that kind of straightforward about it and explaining Mm -hmm. it to him necessarily. She just said it quietly. Like, I think this is what you're remembering. So I'm just going to whisper it to you so that you can make that connection on your own. 
And I really yes. loved that progression of them utilizing the nobody can touch you but me. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Like I said, they – which is why part of me is like, it must – was it these two new writers? Because where was this the last few episodes? Because totally. this was a really great way to to utilize all the, that stuff. Like you said, like the cafe and mm-hmm. the – you know, they, they use the lemon water again, of course, but um, the cafe and the nobody can touch you but me, the way they had that strung throughout this whole episode was really, really well done. Um, well, and it's – and I feel like that is one of the things that Seche K fans, from the beginning, the thing I think as a fandom, the thing that we all – really latch on to and that we really, really love as fans, as viewers, are the little things. Mm-hmm. We catch those little things. And, you know, that that I think that's just something that has been um, kind of a pattern throughout this particular series. Every series is going to be mm-hmm. different. So I really think that that's because that is something that was established at the beginning, we've kind of learned to be like, oh, oh, but what about that? Oh, look at this little thing. And so having the having the the lack of that has been really glaring for however many episodes and so mm-hmm. i feel like now that these things have returned or not even the full lack of it but almost like the misuse of it in those last few episodes because misuse we, that's a very good way to say it mm-hmm. because we would get it and then it's like oh well we're not going to do anything about it but here's the <laughs> here's this little treat that we're going to dangle for you. Mm -hmm. But this didn't Mm -hmm. feel that way. It didn't feel like they were dangling a treat in front of us to tease us and get us, you know, all enticed. Like for another example that was very small, but very noticeable, at least to me, was when they all go searching for Ada and he finds a necklace and then you instantly hear the shift change in his voice. Uh-huh. The tone in his voice goes from mildly concerned to panic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, that is obviously a subconscious thing for him where he's uh-huh. thinking – and he doesn't necessarily know why he's thinking this, but he Mm-mm. sees that necklace and he's like, holy crap, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if she has lost this necklace – we have a problem and I need to find her yep. right now. Yep. A hundred percent. And it's like, of course, because, you know, when she goes off on her own after being upset by the party, she's just kind of on her own for a while. She's actually returning back, but she realizes her necklace fell off at some point. And of course, like we would in that situation, like Son M would have with her engagement <laughs> ring around her neck with John. Uh-huh. She panics and loses her mind and is like, I don't care that I could die of, you know, uh, hypothermia. I need to go find this necklace because – and what she says too is like, I can't lose you too. Like that is her Mm -hmm. lifeline right now to Sarkon. And so that necklace means so much more to her than – he even realizes because of course when they're back in the – after he rescues her because she's hurt her knee – and so he's the one that kind of picks her up and carries her to this cabin they saw nearby because it's snowing like crazy. They don't they're not able to get all the way back to, you know, the actual resort. And it winds up falling out of his pocket because he just stuck it in his pocket and kind of forgot about it. And she's like, 
wait, you've had that the whole right. time? I've been looking for that. And he's like, mm-hmm. this is what you risk your life for. And he basically is like, you chose this basically like dumb trinket. And she's like, it's not a dumb trinket to me. And he's like, well, that's not what I was trying to imply. But like your life is more important than that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think he really sees what that necklace means to her, even though she tries to downplay it later. Like, well, it just was in my purse and I didn't want to lose it, even though her wearing it is what wound up making mm-hmm. her lose it. Um you know, yeah, I I liked that a lot. Um, that the necklace came back into play. That we're still seeing it. It's not yeah. just something he gave her on the boat, and then we're never going to hear about again. Um, yeah. So, what's left? Just the cabin? I think so. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I think we've kind of pretty much covered all at least the big stuff the stuff that was like yeah. really prominent and hopeful and important um i was i will admit i was really hoping i'm like awesome they found a cabin cool they're gonna get snowed in they're not gonna be able to leave the cabin all night that i, I was wish. really hoping for that but granted it was also very satisfying for Celine to walk in and see them snuggle mm. together and sleeping All together. peacefully and sleeping. Uh-huh. Happy, I... relaxed. <laughs> yep. Love it. Because I'm pretty sure he, when he's sleeping near her, not in bed with Celine, you guys, because I don't care. Some of y'all on Twitter are like convinced that they have been intimate and I re- Refuse to believe that they sleep in separate rooms when they were in Denmark. He was sleeping on the couch. She's not even staying with him. Like, yeah, she's at his house sometimes, but mm-hmm. he's always tired and needs to rest, and then she has to go. So, no, they have not slept together. But when they are in a house where he's either napping or whatever, he usually wakes up startled mm-hmm. and from some type of nightmare. So the fact that he's peacefully sleeping with Edda in his arms is even that much better because he's having a rested sleep. Yeah. Because she brings him peace. She does. She does. We all know it. We mm -hmm, all know it. mm -hmm. But, you know, they have, you know, before the actual falling asleep, they have a really, they have a really good conversation, which I have been waiting for this. Like, to have yeah. a really like good conversation that doesn't just go in one ear and out the other with him like it's i want it to like wash over him and then for him to kind of like um not meditate on it but you know kind of um you know cuz he's curious now he's like okay we bicker back and forth you know because even with him trying to help with her knee and stuff you know she doesn't make it easy on him mm-hmm. even though he's like Listen, the circulation is going to be good for it, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know. <laughs> Sorry, um, but I, I did love that. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Sarah you need to help rug, rub her leg because oh, of the, quote, circulation. circulation. Okay. <laughs> we see you. <laughs> Listen, Ashley, circulation is important. You of all people should know that. So come on. 
I mean, I wouldn't refuse Sircon's leg rubbing any day, so I can't <laughs> say that I blame her. It was just one of those beautifully convenient things where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, help her, Sircon. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, of course, she's still kind of being stubborn and things like that. And so it leads him to be like, okay, we had this huge, amazing love, right? Like. Mm-hmm. We bicker a lot. Did we bicker like this before? And she's and you know, and she's honest. She's like, Well, yeah, like we did, but it was different. Like we could communicate, Mm -hmm. you know, when she says things like we spoke with our eyes, like we could communicate with just a glance, like showing that there was a deeper connection that went beyond their, you know, witty banter and flirting with each other. Um, and and Mm -hmm. you know, and he's like, but then, like, we never agreed. And she's like, no, it's not even about that, though. Like, we challenged each other. We this, we that. Like, she's explaining that the bickering wasn't yeah. what it seems on the surface, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, she makes a jab at Absolutely. him. You know, well, I don't remember what the jab was initially. Um, oh, because she says, I wish every pain was like this. I wish it could – I wish every pain could just disappear oh, with a massage. Right. And he's like, are you making yeah. a jab at me? And then that leads into the whole like, okay, jabs, bickering, is this our thing? I don't understand how we had such a big love from this. But then, yeah, she explains what the depth of it was. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, on the surface, that's what it looks like. But here's what it was underneath. And, you know, it goes into this whole thing about um, a connection and not giving up despite that connection. And, you know, and he points out though – well, didn't you give up on me? And she, mm-hmm. you know, and she, she kind of yes. like, yeah, because we lost each other. Like, <laughs> she basically kind of is like, you have to realize when you've lost too. Like, <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. which it, it, I got it, but also it bummed me out because it reminded me of episode 24 when he says to her, like, am I the thing? that's the easiest for you to give up. Like, you know, Mm. even though he doesn't remember that right now, it kind of gave me that vibe. Like he's kind of asking that in a new way. Well, Um, and it's – he's still Sircon, so mm -hmm. he's still going to have those same insecurities of abandonment Mm -hmm. that he had all throughout their relationship anyway – so yeah. it does make sense for him to continue to struggle with that maybe in mm-hmm. a brand new way when it comes to Eda because now they're really starting from scratch for all intents and purposes. Yeah. yeah. So um, that, yeah. Well, and then when he winds up asking her like, so you don't feel anything when you look at me now? And – I don't think she really answers that. She, I think that's when she kind of basically is like – I think that's when she basically talks about how they lost each other. She doesn't actually say she doesn't feel anything. She just kind of brings it back to the whole like, well, that connection was severed and we lost each other. Um, and now you're with Celine and I'm with Denise. And then it kind of – the conversation sizzles out a little bit and he – I think he doesn't really know what to do with that. So he's like, I'm going to check on the fire you know, you can lay down, you can yeah. basically sprawl out on the couch and fall asleep if you want, like rest. Um, because I don't think really mm-hmm. either of them knows what to and say at that does. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 
and she, I think, understands it. it's she's he, neither of them. Well, mostly him. He isn't quite mm-hmm. ready for her to be forthright about that and to say, mm-hmm. well, of course, I still love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's like, well, you're with Celine and I'm with Denise. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that ends. But it still felt more like progress than we have had in yes. seven plus hours of content mm-hmm. in the past week. Mm-hmm. Because they are talking, they're communicating, they're not we're not getting these little snippets and then it's like Oh, just kidding. I'm going to go do this with Celine and pretend like I don't even know that you exist, Ada. Like it's – there is actual progress being made. Yeah, I agree because, you know, he seems to be more affected by that mm-hmm. because of the fact that he even has to like get up and go fiddle with the fire. Yeah. You know? Um, like I think the words are finally resonating with him. And he's really starting to question everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and even once he gets, you know, we kind of get that some time has passed. She's fallen asleep. He kind of nestles himself back onto the couch, but she, and she kind of just like forms around him. And again, he doesn't seem mm-hmm. bothered by it. He seems relaxed and comforted. And, you know, they both yeah. fall asleep. And, you know, stupid Celine is like, yeah, let's also get lost in a snowstorm looking for them because she's like, no, I refuse to leave them out here together. Um, That's her biggest concern is that they're together. Not that they're safe, not that they're okay, just the fact that they're together. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, before his phone died, he was able to be alone together. Yeah. You know, because before his phone died, he was able to let Ingen know we're safe you know, we're in a cabin, but it's still snowing. We're not going to make it back. But, and then the phone died. So, you know, it ends. She and Denise open the door because nobody locks doors either, I guess. We don't, we don't protect computers very well. We don't lock doors. Um, So they're just able to open it right on them asleep on the couch. And Uh the episode ends there. So finally, finally we get an episode ending. That's not Sarkon just running back to Celine after sharing a very emotionally revealing or confusing moment with Edda. Mm-hmm. Finally. I was very happy about that. Mm-hmm. So so that I, I loved that ending. I was mm-hmm. like when when it was that anticlimactic, was clearly, but mm-hmm. yeah, but but I mean <sighs> It, in a good way, though. Like, in a yes. good way. <laughs> yes. There wasn't some crazy new potential plot development <laughs> at, as the end of the episode. It was right. like, oh, look, you're finally going to get to – well, again, you're going to again see Serkan choosing Ida over you. And then mm-hmm. it was further reinforcement for Denise that Serkan is the one that Ida loves. So right. I was like, okay, I'm happy with this. I will take I will take it. <laughs> I will take what I can yeah. get. Well, and part of me is like, I mean, after Denise said what he did to Sarah Khan about thank you for your traumatic memory loss and this horrible thing you went through, um, I'm done with him. Yeah. Like, 
But part of me is like, okay, are you going to give up now? Like, are you going to kind of be like, Celine, I think we need to cut our losses. Like, yeah, he's still in love with Edda and we know that because he winds up yelling it at Jaren. Like, no, mm-hmm. you don't – like, I'm in love with Edda, but I don't mm-hmm. know what context that's happening in, you know. I'm not expecting that right. to still not be true. But part of me is like, okay, maybe can you be like, let's cut our losses. And Celine is like, hell no. And she's just going to go further and further into this, but maybe at least without Denise's help now. Maybe. Because yeah, I, I'm really interested to see where they go, the two of them, mm-hmm. especially after her 100% oh. random kissing him. I was well, like, because he's what been- on earth? Well, because he's trying to calm her down when she's throwing tamper tantrum number, like, what, three this episode? And she's, like, tearing everything apart. And he's like, okay, let's calm you down. Let's get you back to your room. And she's like, no, I don't want that. And he's like, okay, but basically, like, this is – you're being ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And she's like, that's not ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And then kisses him. (laughs) And I'm I'm just like – what? Uh, what? Uh, yep. Very confusing. I I, and, I don't know. I was like, what's wrong with you? You are an unhinged woman. <laughs> and I don't again, know what reality you live in, but it's not this one. Re- if the relationship you have fabricated for yourself, mm-hmm. like, is pushing you to do something like this, again, why do you want to be in this relationship? Like, I, I don't know. I, I know it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It, I, it's nuts. She doesn't make so any she, sense. She no, and she's nuts. And so, part of me is like, are we just going to see her completely unhinged next week, or in a couple days? I should say. Um, Maybe. I, I kind of am hoping she just comes completely unglued. I mean, for lack of a better phrase, I kind of want her to pull a Jaren, like, but Jaren to become back to regular Jaren. Use that as a term. <laughs> yeah, if I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's well, it's like you know, she she is the villain, so mm-hmm. sure, take advantage of that. Have her go mm-hmm. full on obvious villain to everybody, to where she's finally seeing that her time is up. That mm-hmm. her her number is up. That everything is going to be uh, falling apart around her soon. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, sure, have her try to set it all on fire and and watch it burn. That's that's fine because she is the villain. Um, yep. Or have her turn tail and run to where she doesn't have to deal with Sercon once he does finally remember and then is absolutely furious with her, just like everybody else is. We all see the writing on the wall, except for Celine. Mm-hmm. So is this going to be the thing to finally wake her up? Where right. he clearly forgot her birthday. He's leaving her birthday party <laughs> to go search for Edda. He's leaving their mm-hmm. little outing and doesn't even tell her to go back and help Edda on her project. He's the first one to mm-hmm. run to search for Edda when she gets lost in the forest. And then she w- mm-hmm. happens upon them, happens upon them after she searches in mm-hmm. the snow at night. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And they're asleep together, snuggled up together. So if yep. this doesn't 
just turn her around and wake her up to finally, which again, she's already spent how long at the beginning of the series watching Serkan <laughs> fall in love with Eda. And now this is happening again. If she's that stupid, she deserves every little bit of the misery that she is in. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, like I want her to be miserable. I want her to burn. I want like every bad, horrible, humiliating thing to happen to her. Like that is bar none. Um, I need it, as a matter of fact. She cannot just skate off this time back to Denmark. Um no. Like I she because she's just being so diabolical and so ugly and so like she's uh, you know, I know we can go on about this, but um yeah. Yeah, like, and, you know, the fact that in the fragment too, Sarkhan's giving her 5% of the shares, I'm like, okay, there's a theory that I'm like, I I don't believe it, but I love it and I want it to be true, but I just feel like I know better than to actually believe it, is that there's a theory that he's kind of growing suspicious of Celine and gives her those shares to kind of see what she's going to do. Like, you know, as a test. Right. Like a test. So if that's the case, Hmm. I am all for that because again, he's not stupid and he should be noticing things that make him suspicious. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like we talked about. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm curious. Like I know it's, who knows which way it's going to go. I know. I'm much more hopeful though. Like I'm much more hopeful for this coming episode. Um, I still question if that kiss is real because we've just been traumatized, but. uh. (laughs) And we question everything. (laughs) And we question everything. But if 32 if they're really going to follow up on the buildup that they, excuse me, gave us this episode, which mm-hmm. I'm feeling hopeful that they are, if these same writers that these two new ones that came on to join the other two new ones are also part of this upcoming one, then I'm thinking 33 is all going to be about him accepting and realizing that he's fallen back in love with her like all these nuggets Mm. of things that he's been experiencing. And then that way he can be like, well, I've fallen in love with you again, Mm -hmm. even though I don't remember the first time, you know, like that whole thing to make the whole, if I were to come to this world a hundred times, you know, yada, yada. And then 34 being like when he actually remembers, like that's my hope. That's my theory because number one, the MF Yapum admin on Twitter was like throwing March 6th out there for the 3 million tweet challenge because we've hit 2 million before. We've hit 1 million before as far as tweeting the mm-hmm. episode hashtag. And I was like, and she, mm-hmm. you know, she was saying, oh, we don't want to tire our audience out. But I feel like she chose March 6th because that's going to be a very pivotal episode. Like, so. That that would make sense for that to be a big hint. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, I was 
just overall, yes, there were still frustrating things with this. Yes, the Alex, I fear I don't think, got way too much screen time and was over the top absurd. But the Edsar development in this episode was finally yeah. like refreshing and encouraging. Yep. And like finally giving something me to talk about. <laughs> yes. To give me hope again. Um, <laughs> like I'm looking forward to this weekend's episode. I don't know if I'll get to live watch, yeah. but um, yeah. So I don't just so you guys know that because I know a lot of you just are like, are you are you live reacting? Are you tweeting? So I don't know. I may or may not be. Um, but yeah, because Jack has a vet appointment and I've got family stuff going on. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I would like to watch live. I just don't know if that's actually going to happen. But it might be kind of nice too to like if yeah. I don't get to watch live, I want to like stay off the timeline. I don't want to know what happened. Like I want to go into it like fresh. Yeah. Um, and be surprised or angered or happy or whatever it is about <laughs> whatever ends up happening. Yeah. I know these days it's such a mixed bag. You don't know what to expect <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Oh man. So yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting. I haven't watched. I don't think I've seen any of the f- the fragment. Um, oh, okay. For this episode, and I oh, might keep it that okay. way, just so it's all total surprise. Yeah, do um, it. I mean, I spoiled the fact that Jaren's hair is back to normal for you, but oh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it is, who knows? <laughs> it might. It might not be. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, that might not wind up in the – because there was a scene in the fragment for this episode where she and Sarah Connor are actually like walking in the snow and then we don't actually get that. Part Mm -hmm. of me wonders though if Celine – if Denise is like, okay, just leave them because like – who knows? I don't know. Maybe he convinces her to just leave them and then they're walking back. Yeah, they're like walking back to the resort in the the snow. Yes. Like, so I'm still holding out a little bit for that scene. Um, just because of Edda's mm-hmm. whole, like, if this were regular Sercon, we'd be walking in the snow together. Like, so like, I want her to get that walk, even if it's yeah. not exactly how she imagined it. So. If they really, really, really wanted to please us, they <laughs> would wake up at the beginning of the next episode, snuggled up together, and then his watch would start going off with his heart rate <gasps> monitor. Yeah! Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh. If they yeah. really wanted to please the fandom, if anyone out there is listening <laughs> in the day and a half that you have to uh-huh. edit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, that takes like 20 <laughs> seconds to record. Just throw them back in the cabin. <laughs> so that oh. would be that would be a beautiful beginning to next episode. But I would it, love in that. My ideal oh. world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, okay. So I feel it's it's a nice feeling to actually feel like good after finishing talking about an episode and not good just because we got to purge all of our anger, but like good because there was like good stuff to like dig into. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I've missed that so much. Like, and I was like all up in my feelings last night. Most of it's probably because I'm on my period, which I acknowledged, but (laughs) like, cause I was just like, 
I like tweeted like, in case I haven't said it, like Honda and Karem care. Like, you know, I just love them so much. <laughs> and like, you know, even when I'm like not happy with the plot or like where the story is going, I'm always grateful for them and the wonderful cast we've been blessed with. Like, because really we have, like, we have such a good cast, you guys. Like the whole, ca- the cast as a whole, yeah. not even just on and Krem. Like, you know, we've talked about this, like just how much they clearly right. love each other and yeah. all of that. And yeah. so, yeah, Definitely. I just was like, really feeling it last night. And I was like, listen, it's probably my hormones, but whatever. Like I'm feeling it. I'm sharing it. <laughs> so anyhow. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Yes. So well, we got almost said, two hours of content out of this episode. I know. I'm proud of us. Um so <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I yeah, because that's more than last week. Because last week our episode was about this long, but half of it was getting to chat with Miriam and ask her a bunch of questions. So, <laughs> which yeah. which I wanted to point out, you guys, you guys all must really love Miriam. I mean, we do too, so I'm not surprised. Because other than episodes, uh, us, um, our episodes on eleven and twelve for Senchal Kapama, those got crazy listens within the first twenty four hours. But those were like out of this world crazy because we love those episodes so much. Other than that, mm. her episode had the most listens in the first 24 hours like than any other episode we've had. Aww. That's mm-hmm. so awesome. It's because she's so great. I know. She totally is. And like, I mean, even when I checked last night to see how many listens it had, it was like – it was higher – because remember that episode last night, that episode was only five days old because we didn't get to record it till Friday since we had to re-record. So it's not even a week old oh, yet. Right. And it and it had more listens than what most episodes do in their first week. So it hit a ton of listens in the first 24 Dang. hours. But then already just in the first five days, it had like a bunch more than like a typical episode. So you guys really, really loved like – us wow. getting to chat with her. So, um, I mean, not that we already didn't want to have her awesome. on the show again, but yeah, it like, it encourages me that I'm like, oh good. We definitely need to have her on the show again because people love her as much as we do. So. Yeah. Awesome. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure I pointed that out because that made me really happy. So anyhow, um, I think that's pretty much it. And we got pretty much all of our housekeeping out of the way at the beginning. So I don't think I have anything else. Of course, I will just, you know, again, shout out our anonymous subtitle friend. Um, I mean, we're linking that. Whether we mention it or not in the episode, we will always have the link to that website for you to download the subtitle files. So um, Yeah. Uh, you guys know where to find those to download the subtitle files. I love it because I get messages or mentions every week now with people who are like, oh my gosh, those make such a difference. Like, please let them, you know, please let them know that we appreciate it so much. So like, I love being able to pass those messages on and letting him know how much like this fandom appreciates it. So, um, thank you again to our anonymous subtitle angel. And, um, uh, yes, I will. I'm going to write myself a reminder right now so I don't forget to drop the baklava king link so that if you want to order some of that delicious baklava I was oh, sent yeah. for my birthday <laughs> from our wonderful listener, Sandra, um, I encourage you to because it 
is out of this world. So anyways, um, everything else, <laughs> you know, typical outro, all of our social media links, merch store, um, all that good stuff is all linked in the episode notes as per usual. So uh, we will be back next week with hopefully an even more exciting episode of all the wonderful things that I'm just going to manifest happen in 33 this weekend. So until next time, good or shoot is post a call. Thank you.